Hello and welcome to another Insight Line podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Cameron. In this podcast, I will be discussing a 67-year-old woman with a Babesian infection three weeks after treatment for Lyme disease. I first read about this case in the British Medical Journal by Harvestin and colleagues. One would expect that tick-borne infections would all occur at the same time. One would be wrong, as this case is illustrated. A 67-year-old woman from Wisconsin was diagnosed with early Lyme disease based on an erythema migraine rash. She had extensive exposure as an avid gardener and spent a considerable amount of time outdoors. She did not see a tick. She was prescribed amoxicillin for three weeks as she was allergic to doxycycline. Near the end of three weeks of amoxicillin, she became ill. Her fever rose to 102.9 Fahrenheit. She also had myalgias, dizziness, and fatigue. Her blood count showed anemia, a low platelet count, and low neutrophil count, and a very high C-reactive protein. A neutrophil is a type of white cell that helps resolve infections and heal damaged tissue. A low neutrophil count can be seen in tick-borne diseases, and a high C-reactive protein is a marker of inflammation, but doesn't tell you what type of inflammation. So she was admitted to the hospital. The doctors thought she might be suffering from sepsis or a tick-borne infection. Sepsis is a life-threatening illness caused by your body's response to an infection. Her red blood cells and platelets continued to drop. She was transferred to a second hospital. There was still no evidence of sepsis. The blood cultures were negative. She was diagnosed at this hospital with Babesia, by looking at parasites in the red blood cells. Babesia is a parasite that can be seen on a thick smear of blood early in the, in the disease. Later on, Babesia is detected by PCR, which is a DNA test, or by antibodies. Babesia can be severe and in rare cases life-threatening. Babesia can also be mild. Babesia was more likely to be severe in this woman since she was over 50 years of age and had a history of colon cancer. She was prescribed a 10-day course of azithromycin and atovaquone. By five days, her fever had resolved and her blood counts were improving. The authors reported that the woman remained fatigued after completing treatment. The authors discussed the nearly three-week gap in time between the woman's erythema migraines rash and her diagnosis of Babesia. Now, this is not the first case where the onset of Babesia was delayed. The authors cited two papers describing a three to four week delay in the onset of Babesia. I described a paper in an earlier podcast where two babies contracted Babesia from their mothers several weeks after their treatment for Lyme disease. You can read more about those babies in my Inside Lyme podcast titled two children who contracted Babesia from their mothers. This delay may explain why some Lyme disease patients relapse after initially improving with doxycycline or amoxicillin. Treatment for Lyme disease with doxycycline or amoxicillin is not effective for treatment of Babesia. What questions does this case raise? Should the woman have been evaluated for Babesia infection at the time of erythema migraine's rash? I feel that Babesia should be a consideration 
Would a Babesia infection have been recognized if the woman had not been diagnosed with Lyme disease? I find that Babesia is often not uh, diagnosed in a timely manner in patients I've seen. Should Lyme disease patients be advised to return for follow-up? I always advise at least one month follow-up, and uh, I also counsel my patients that if they're sick, after evidence of tick bite, they should get evaluated for evidence of Babesia. Would earlier treatment for Babesia have avoided the need for hospitalization? I think that uh, in hindsight, uh, timely treatment for Babesia is very important, and it may have prevented the hospitalizations. What is the long-term outcome for this woman with Babesia infection? We do know people go through times with Babesia where they don't appear to be symptomatic. In my practice, though, many of them are seeing me because I'm in practice, and uh, they're often ill, and they uh, will stay ill until I add treatment for Babesia. Thanks for listening to another Inside Lyme podcast. You can read more about these cases in my show notes and on my website at danielcameronmd.com. As always, it is your likes, comments, and reviews that help spread the word about Lyme disease. Until next time, on Inside Lyme.